Hello, everyone. Welcome to Parkscope on Professional Podcast Hour. Oh, man. My name is Joe. Joining me tonight is a thunderstorm currently in Pittsburgh. There's supposed to be hail and shit. But also joining me uh, is a very special guest, friend of the pod, hasn't been on a while, Brian. Brian from Inside Universal. Brian, how are you doing, man? I am doing great. A little rusty. It's been a little bit now for my podcast and even yours, but... Yeah, geez, you guys I need will. to get back on that. <laughs> I will do what I can. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure I'll be nice and easy on you, and we'll we'll ease you back into this. Okay? Please be gentle. Please be gentle. <laughs> well, should we start off with Horror Nights, then? Because that may be... Is that too gentle, or is that not gentle? Is that, like, a little too rough? A little know. bit masochistic, but, uh, you know... Yeah. Well, let's start off. I, I wanna, what I want to do is I like starting off with dumb news. I think that's my new thing. Like, we started off with the Cheese Amusement Park in South Korea last time. Now we're starting off with the new dumb news of, is it corn dog nuggets if it's chicken? Uh, no, I think it'd be chicken nuggets if it's yeah. So if it's chicken. <laughs> yeah, so Casey's Corner has substituted the hot dogs in their mini corn dog nuggets with, like, a chicken sausage chicken hot dog thing and they're reportedly disgusting and taste more like turkey and it sounds like a horror show it sounds like the worst kind of thing you'd expect in a middle school cafeteria um if if it tastes like turkey that's 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 like a tell-all because turkey in and of itself is a bland meat you have to season the absolute hell out of it before it could taste like anything so oh boy yeah not not a good sign. I was so angry with that. I went right after work to B-dubs and I got the uh, corn dog mini nuggets appetizer for dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let, let me tell you, Disney fans, they just don't mess with the menu. I don't know if many of you know this. Uh, well, before we were in Study Universal, we were with Orlando United. Orlando United's first big story that, that put us on the map was chicken nuggets. Yep. Because at that point, 10 years ago, or I guess now 11... 11 years ago, Disney had gotten rid of the chicken strips, and all Disney fans, oh, how dare you? Yeah. And then the, I, I, I don't know how much time elapsed, but then we went to Epcot, and my friend's like, holy crap, the chicken nuggets are back. Yeah. I'm like, are we, are, we, are we really doing this? He's like, believe me, it'll work. And yeah. sure as hell. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's hashtag content. Well, this was way before Twitter and social media. That's when you had to actually HTML updates. <laughs> we had to jump on the <laughs> FTP to upload our video and photos. We had no we had no CMS services. We had to just all do the hand coding. <laughs> Posh. Um, Have you heard of Yfrog? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wait, let me let me pull out my my sidekick and I'll update the website from it. <laughs> AAF143. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I mean, I remember um, Disneyland. Uh, I remember watching a video, like, you know, Disneyland's known for their corn dogs or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out, like, the corn dogs that they're so well known for is just like a standard off the shelf mix. And they're like, oh, well, this is stupid. Let's make our own. So they changed it. And that day they received, like, over two dozen complaints into guest relations saying that the good corn dog mix is gone. So they went back to the old shitty off the counter, mix it with tap water, corn dog mix. <laughs> just, just leave well enough for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, yeah, it's one of those kind of, Hey, 
uh, if if the wheel's not squeaking, don't grease it kind of situations. I know I combined like two metaphors there, but I, I like that one. So I think the grease was the appropriate thing for a corn dog also. <sighs> but yeah. I'll allow it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, do you know what? We're talking about food. Uh, I'm going to the uh, Universal's Endless Summer Resort for Halloween Horror Nights, and they just announced their food menu. Uh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Decent yeah. food court. I mean, it's a food court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a food court. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, I mean, it's a food court. Uh, <laughs> you walk in, you go, "Yep, that's a food court." That toe to tip, that's a food yep. court. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't been disappointed. You know, it, it seems like the, the endless summer is sort of like Cabana Bay version too. Whereas, although this time they, I. I guess they hope that it doesn't become as popular and stays under $100 instead of becoming, I guess, the quote-unquote prestige hotel of the resort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. They're, they're not trying to oversell it too much. I think that was the yeah. problem with, with Cabana Bay was like they're like, okay, well, no one wants to come here because it's so cheap and our rooms are, are not as nice. So we need to like put a bowling alley in here and everything. And, they're, and everyone's like, this is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lazy River, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still, God, Cabana Bay is so good. It's so good. Um, it's 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 hard to move from it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so they have a uh, for breakfast. They have a pretty standard breakfast pizza and a bacon egg and cheese croissant. Oh boy! Um, looks like they have a lunch uh, ciabatta, which basically looks like it look it looks like a um, giant sandwich, right? Like that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is that a pizza?" So, that's and what then, I, oh no, it's <laughs> yeah. That's what I was looking at. I'm like, this is a weird pizza. There's a lot of meat on this pizza. <laughs> how's the how's the salad gonna cook? Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, kind of a a wedge of of uh, uh, it's like a giant focaccia bread with like meats on it, and then they cut a chunk of it for you. Um, Cobb salads. Yeah. There's a caprese panini, pipeline burger inspired by the classic wave. I don't know how that. How do you? How are you inspired by a classic wave? It's just caramelized onions, bacon jam, provolone cheese. I don't know. I guess. I guess because. The, I don't know. I, I was I trying know. to find something, but I just yeah. I can't. Tofu power bowl with baja sauce. That sounds pretty good. I don't know. I, I just think that anything like different is cool. So if you're going to offer a tofu bowl, sure, go for it. Um, and also a bunch of drinks. So there we go. Delicious. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking people that that are that are staying on that for that price point probably gonna say tofu. What yeah. was that? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get the burger without any of the fancy stuff? And do you have like real cheese? And by real, I mean American. <laughs> <laughs> provolone sounds sounds Australian. Yeah, provolone. <laughs> I don't want any of that provolone cheese on here. We just eat the yellow stuff. Thank you very much. Um. We have now offend- we've now offended the remaining ten listeners to our podcast, so I apologize. Uh- <laughs> we'll get them down. We'll get them down to two by the end of the night. Fantastic. Um, uh, I don't know how much I don't. I don't know if I really like these drinks too much. Uh, the tequila one sounds pretty good. It's tequila, blood orange, grapefruit juice, and soda. Um, but yeah, also endless summer rum. Do they have their own rum? Did they? I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh. Tidal, tidal wave. wave. Endless summer rum. Maybe they'll have their own rum. Ooh. 
That's fancy. Also, that tidal wave sounds dangerous because it has rum, vodka, and gin in it. <laughs> and hidden by all the peach, OJ, and pineapple. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Oof. Um, yeah, so food. Also, uh, yeah, it, Endless Summer is, is kind of shaping up to look pretty nice. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Also, I noticed I was on a – whenever I get – whenever I'm bored at home – We'll, we'll say we'll put it that way. We'll phrase it that way. Whenever I'm bored at home, I go on Google Maps and just check out what's you know if any updates are going on. Uh, Google Maps has uh, endless summer on the on the map already. Like they have like oh the, nice yeah they already have like the um, locations and the buildings up. So I think that's uh, pretty from, cool. For what month? Like recent or like no, six, uh, seven months? Ago? No, they're uh, the you know how they make the 3D maps. The okay. 3D map. Yeah. The 3D maps okay. they have up. So not not like the. Um, not the street view or gotcha. the okay. or or the satellite right. view just the the fake you know the fake one when you just look at like the map like that so yeah so they had that up so endless summer uh we'll be there for halloween horror nights which segueing into things man we're just rolling on with this episode damn we're going real fast uh we have a new halloween horror nights house brian we do that was the fear Yes. Uh, first question is: Have we had a? Uh, I'm I'm still I still consider myself new to horror nights. I've only been going for like six years now, <laughs> so I feel like I'm new That's, compared to everyone I think, else. I think by that now, I, I think after five, you are a veteran. Okay, I I'm a veteran the, now. Okay. Um, and then ten, you are a seasoned veteran. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, so, um, Depths of Fear. Have we had a, uh, underwater house before? Uh, I think the closest we've had was Ship of Screams. And I think that, if I remember correctly, there were parts where you were, quote-unquote, sinking. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is almost now, like, almost close to 20 years ago, so... So I think that's the closest, but yeah, uh, not really full on underwater as far as I know. Okay. Um, so from the uh, Universal Orlando blog, they say, if you have a fear of water and lies beneath, your skin will crawl with this new haunted house. So yeah, this is basically my worst nightmare because I don't like deep water or underwater creatures. So this is going to be a fun one for me to go through. Um a depths of fear mixes all the elements of the unknown with underwater elements, monsters, creatures, and a countdown to disastrous fate. So it kind of sounds like alien underwater, I think is what Sean said. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if, um, any of the listeners have been going since before, but about 11 years ago, there was a house called, uh, Horror Nights, uh, in Horror Nights 18 called Interstellar Terror. And the gimmick behind that was sort of like you know you know Event Horizon, yeah, the movie, okay, like that in space, uh, or rather it is in space. So this is like that. I'm getting the feeling of, but in water. Okay. Okay. So you're just trying to yeah escape basically, and then everything's right. attacking you. Okay. Um, what do we know where this house is located at? Have you heard anything, or is it still kind of? Shrug kind of thing where where it could be. I have no idea that it might be located where Slaughter Cinema was last year. Okay, got it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh man. 
So, <laughs> do you know? Do you, do you have no idea if it's been completed early like Slaughter Cinema was last year? Uh, that I have that that I have no idea. Okay, I, I know that there's I know there's a few they just started on within the month. Okay, um, not um, the one I heard last. No, that hasn't been announced yet. Okay, never mind then. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, that one. <laughs> we won't, we won't talk about that that one. That one. Um, hey, cool. So are you excited for this house? How are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. Um. It, it's it's funny because they because I know a lot of people have sort of pointed out the parallels between this and uh, not scary farm last year, which did a the uh, house called the depths. So I think that name kind of set up a red flag of oh this is a ripoff and look at them stealing from the other guy and one it's always, they've always had that kind of not they as in universal but as in all haunt creators horror nights hollow scream even knots um, and other ones like six flags and then smaller always draw inspiration from from each other mm-hmm. what i do know is that Ayala and team have always a mentioned their love of bioshock and b mentioned their love of lovecraftian tales um, so it seems like this, they move away from the Lovecraft, like the depths that Knott's did, because they, that was more of an actual creature house. And it seems like they based this more on like, um, what was that movie? Um, Aiello even mentioned it yeah, two, two days ago, but, but basically more on movies like the abyss mm-hmm. and like event horizon, but underwater. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of water effects they bring because the last thing they really done that was was ship of screams where you actually step like my foot when I actually went to that house was completely soaked that's so how much water was in that house oh jeez so <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually bring that to to the event now that it's you know obviously huge you know back in Hornets twelve it was just a little blip on the radar now it's a premier event yeah so do they really go all in with that water? I think that's what someone on the forums has been hinting at, is that there's going to be a lot of drainage areas and stuff in the house. So, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Um, a lot of hugely uh, complicated logistics with with that, I guess, also. Like, if you're dealing with running water, you have to chlorinate it and keep it clean and everything. Yeah, the last time they really messed with running water was... Um the the walking dead house yeah. with the the water zombies and we all know how that that turned out so Real, really hopefully badly. it's not it's not on that level hopefully they learned their lesson yeah yeah we don't need things up to their waist in water so oh yeah oh boy that was embarrassing that was real bad hey anyway so depths of fear that was announced um Brian what what do you want to I think our next two topics are probably going to take the longest to discuss um, both are probably going to be a good bit. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, or do you want to talk about your trip? Um, one, I will say I remember the movie Leviathan. Leviathan, okay. Okay, so, um, okay. but two, I, I guess we could do Hagrid. Okay, let's do Hagrid. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, I guess the best way is is just talk about what you did, what what happened, all that stuff, like. Well, and then, and then we can kind of like roll into talking more about the ride and, and what to expect. All right. Well, uh, last Friday, Universal invited um, a couple of members of the media to go tour the tour the grounds, if you will, of of Hagrid. So it would have been the first official look at the attraction up close. They took us behind the wall, 
Um, we were able to see the entrance. Now, obviously, some things we weren't able to photograph. Um, in fact, there was only two areas that we were allowed to photograph, which was an area that you see predominantly is is where 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 I took most of the pictures of the coaster, which was along the exit path, and then the facade as you walk into the the, the I guess the core building, the castle, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and the first thing I noticed was actually walking into the facade was how much they actually changed um, from Dragon Challenge. You know, when this they originally did the, the the makeover to the Wizarding World back in 2008, 2009, um, they just kind of redressed Dueling Dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, most m- most of the rooms were the same, except you know they took out any mention of of Pyrock and Blizzrock. So took out skulls, time, things of that nature. Right, but it was still pretty much the same queue. You know, left, right, left, right, down the hallway, and you know you saw all the same beats that you would. You're know, like, I remember this room. This mm-hmm. had the you know freezer burn warning. This time though, they completely redid it all. There's new rooms, new turns. Like they actually tried to make this as if it's a whole new attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing that I appreciated. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is just how beautiful the theming is. Literally, they they went above and beyond to make this ruin look like it's been there for years, and it's supposed to predate Hogwarts. Um, the designer, Gary Blumenstein, and I forgot the other woman's name, and I feel terrible, but it, there was just so much information to process that day. Um, they said that the ruins were inspired by, um, you know, Gothic era, Old English type uh, architecture, and they wanted to make sure that, A, it looked like it predated Hogwarts, but B, because it's going to eventually overgrow the trees that they planted, they wanted to make sure that the stone actually had vines and moss and all the things that you would find, you know, in an, in an abandoned ruin. And it's just incredible that the, the lengths they went to. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else, trying to think what else. So for the queue, uh, I, I, I think it was Orlando Sentinel who said, um, that the, the queue is still somewhat the same or did they actually gut everything? Um, I think that's my big so, question. Is it is it still like similar or? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I guess it's it's similar because you you go through the same entrance, you more or less follow the same outside path. You pass by Hagrid's hut and then into the the the, the building into the ruins. Mm-hmm. That's similar. Inside, it's it's changed up a bit. There is a part where you can tell it's the same hallways, but that's after they've already. I mean, there's a there's a pre-show room now. Um, so basically, you walk in, you go around where the Goblet of Fire used to be, that, mm-hmm. that circle room. Okay. And then you make a right, you make a right into a pre-show room. Okay. And then you exit out, and then you're in a um, what what do they call it? Uh, the hatchery where all the dragon eggs are. Mm-hmm. And then you make another couple of rights, go down a hallway, and that that's just the state, like, ruin, you know, nothing special. And then you go into the chamber, and that's the last room we were able to see. And the chamber is this low-ceiling, very claustrophobic area where, where Hagrid created the, the the main creature of the, the attraction. The, Blast the and scr- Scroots. Yeah, so you see little nods to the, um, was it the Manticore and the, what's the other one that they mix it with? Oh, the, I, um, I, I forget off the top of my head. <laughs> But yeah, so you see, um, you know, the mix of those people because obviously he's drawing, you know, he's learning about both to mix them, as well as other little nods. And one thing I didn't actually include in the article was Mina Lima 
there's like little artworks of all the creatures around the chamber because that's that's his laboratory if you will mm-hmm. and mina lima did a lot of the designs of the creature the creatures posters that you see hanging off and also apparently the monster book of monsters is turned to a page that was supposed to be included in the third film prisoner of azkaban but obviously it, was, it didn't make it so then they put like a little nod i guess to the films there oh, okay that's cool uh, and then after that, that's, they said that was it. They said, we cannot show you the rest of the queue or the load area because that's for when you get surprised when you finally get to use it or ride it. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. So there, there's still some things that they're hiding. Yeah, or are not done yet. <laughs> Either or. Also that, yeah. Yeah. Either or. It could just be normal stuff and we're just being like, oh, they're, we didn't have it done yet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, that's, that's pretty sweet. Uh, so what, how many, um, creatures did you, did you see any creatures on your way through the ruins? Because I know that there was talks of like, Hey, um, I, I think Orlando and former showed something about some newts or something that they were showing. Like, were like, have you seen any of those kinds of things or no comment? Um, the pre-show, I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. The pre-show kind of explains why you see the pixies all around, and that should give you a good idea as to what happens during the pre-show. Okay. Okay, so there'll be pixies around in the queue. Yeah. Well, not in the queue. They're they're part of the pre-show. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, as far as in the queue, um, there's little nods to creatures, but no. I think they save the bulk of the creatures for the actual ride. Okay. At least as far as what we toured. Um. And, and Hagrid's hut now, where it used to be just this hut, and where the Fort Angley was, was crashed, mm-hmm. they actually expanded it and make a garden. And he grows um, – forgive me for not knowing all the Potter vegetation lore, but apparently he he, um, he grows specific fruits and vegetables that obviously that coincide with the creatures and all that. So Okay. That's cool. So there's that. Awesome. Um I'm trying to think if there's any other questions I have. Uh, so you're, you're going to explain more. Do you want to do that real quick? And then I'll continue to think about what other questions I have. Yeah. Um, so basically they, they outright said, Hey, we're, we're replacing a coaster. We wanted to bring another coaster here. Yeah. And the big selling point of the actual coaster is that it's going to be two experiences. The, the Hagrid seat and then the Harry Potter seat is what they mm-hmm. kind of referred it to as. Um, the Hagrid seat sits a few feet higher, and they said really the only difference between the two seats is just the dynamics of the ride. That obviously because you're sitting lower, it's going to feel a little different. But as far as overall views, you're not going to be shortchanged because they actually designed every show scene around the shorter seat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you, you won't be screwed if you get that, for example. Right. And it does seem that it is going to be large mammal friendly, because I asked. <laughs> good, good. And I don't think – I mean, I, I obviously, I don't know the dimensions of what they allow. But when I asked Gary, he kind of joked. was like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, look at me. Uh, uh, okay, we're okay. trying to make it as large mammal as friend. You know, <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, he did say um, that it packs a lot more pop than what you're seeing visually as it's going through launches. Okay, so there's a little bit more oomph to it. So it packs a little more of a punch than it looks like. Yeah, and 
Oh, and the mural is Florida's largest hand-drawn mural. Yeah, that's a, so. Which mural are they talking about? The one on the show building, or the one on the uh, on the um, the the back uh, the the sound barrier? The show the show building. Okay, interesting. Okay, that's hmm. Interesting that that's the largest one in Florida. Uh, hey. Well, they they wouldn't probably <laughs> they, they would know. <laughs> um, I'm trying um, to think the verbal. The Verbolton discussion yes. too. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, it seems I don't know. I, I am not a roller coaster expert, as you know, compared to others. So when they said world's first drop, you know, drop coaster, I was like, okay, well, they must have done their homework to make that claim. I just took them at their word. Um, I think what the difference is is a this is a little bit more free fall, and b it's dual drop. And I think they they forgot to kind of stress that. They did openly admit that there's two drops and it's based on capacity needs. Okay. So they so can shut I, they can they can shut one off if they need to or Correct. Okay. And they said that there is a slight difference in the experience, but it's overall more on just because instead of coming from the left, you come from the right, you know. Yeah. So more, yeah, okay, yeah, I got it. So it could be a thing where what's on the left-hand side and one is on the right-hand side of the other? That's the impression I got, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, And then the other, I guess, the other um, thing that I saw on Twitter is Story Coaster. And... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Not the Story Coaster stuff again. it 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 is PR speak. You guys focus too much on the PR speak. But two, I think what the difference is between, say, like their other quote-unquote story coasters of Gringotts and Mummy is they're more dark rides with coaster elements, whereas this is a full-on coaster that happens to have dark ride elements. Either way, semantics, who cares? The ride looks phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's just a situation where they – I think they want to focus on – certain aspects of the rides and ignore the actual ride systems as best they can, except for this one, which they're basically saying, yeah, it's a coaster. Screw it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've, they outright are saying this instead of before, like Ringotts, they never really mentioned roller coaster. They're, they're full on accepting. This is a thrill coaster. Yeah. In fact, the official definition, which they didn't actually say in the press release, which they actually said to us was family thrill story coaster. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, that's what they were saying. That oh, time, so. God. You know, Universal really needs to work on making things a little more concise. Because, <laughs> man, oh, that's not a, that's not the best wordage you can use. But whatever. It is it is what it is, I guess, right now. Right? To their credit, to their credit, the designer jokingly did say, it's the best we got because it really does describe. Like, there's no, well, no other way to describe this thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so fair. they did kind of, like, tip the hat, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, we know we're just throwing shit together now. We we give up. Okay, well at least they're somewhat self aware, which is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I I'm trying to think what are uh, any other questions I have uh, for you. So, um, you guys, so you guys got to see uh, the ride run pretty um, close to where you're at. So does it look uh, faster in person? Like how does it look and run in person? Does it look? I, I guess that's my big question. It looks pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Speed, um, 
you can hear it. That's a few of us were taking photos along the way, and you can you're like, oh, get the camera ready to hear it, you know. So, um, there are some parts where it does kind of look like it's floating bond by, which mm-hmm. I guess this is good because technically it's supposed to be a flying coaster, yeah. um, or a flying vehicle rather. Yeah, flying bike. Uh, yeah, yeah. The launch actually is surprisingly tamer than what the videos showed. Okay, so maybe just because but, uh, maybe that's where he's saying it it is more intense than what it looks like. Yeah, because when you see when you see the launch after the hut, it's just kind of oh, that's it, and that's that's when he kind of was like, no, that actually impacts more of a punch than it looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he's just trying to be like, okay, no, no, guys, don't worry about because like I think they're they're worried that they're going to make it sound like too like oh, this is just like uh, Flight of the Hippogriff, except with more stuff when it's. It sounds like it's a between a flight of the hippogriff and between a dueling dragons kind of situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would I would expect it to kind of be on the thrill level of mummy. Mummy. Okay. Well, I mean, mummy's pretty. I mean, the roller coaster segments are pretty good. So. Okay. I think that's 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 good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So we there's a single rider line, correct? Yeah. Single rider line, any updates on Universal Express? They did not have a comment at the, at the time. Okay, so they may be playing that one by ear <laughs> up until the last Yeah. Well, and I, and I'm going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, like all other rides, that they, just, they don't do it initially. So are they going to, um, do they have a line for it, though, I guess is the question. So, like, they actually built the line for it. So if they if they do go with it, that's just a turnkey solution. You know, there was two different lines. I don't know if it was... I guess because the signage isn't up, you can't really tell what it was. Because the single rider line is is by the by the walkway of the bridge. And that was it. So I didn't see anything between standby or express. So that's... Now that you mention it. Hmm. Okay, never I th- mind. I think, I think they do, though. I think they do. I mean, I, they have to, because eventually it will be added. So... That's probably what it is. They just don't have any signs up for it yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I mean, yeah. So they'll they'll eventually be some sort of uh, express pass lane, but that'll probably be this fall, this winter, next summer, who knows? Kind of situation. They'll play it by ear. Um. Yeah. Um. I'd guess maybe after the summer rush. Yeah, that makes sense. And once That's- they. Once they get everything up and running at capacity, yeah, that that's another thing I do want to say. It it actually is pretty impressive to see because there, there's a lot of trains, and obviously the, the speculation as to how many trains are going to fit on one track or one circuit at the time. But it's coming right one right after another, and it's kind of impressive to see. It's like one okay, and then ten seconds later, another one. I'm like, wow! And you can mm-hmm. kind of see the different like blocks that they're all just kind of moving on like a well-oiled machine already. So. That's good. Obviously, that obviously changes when they start, you know, loading guests. But <laughs> yeah, as, of now, as, as they're pumping it out, it looks pretty damn impressive. <laughs> it's, it's super easy to throw down some restraints and send the car out when you don't have to deal with like Aunt Ethel trying to get in the vehicle, and <laughs> you know, just being like, "Do I pull this down?" It's like, "Yes, just pull it down." Well, I want to take a photo for no, just ma'am, you have to sit down. <laughs> so, or yeah. the people trying to get um, that actually happened yesterday at um, Animal Kingdom. Pandora at the Navi River Journey stopped for about ten minutes, and somebody asked, "Is it because it broke down?" No, somebody got out of the boat. 
Oh, jeez, no. Ugh. They probably got out, like, at that last segment turnaround, because I thought they could just get out then, but they just tripped out everything, I assume, or something of that nature. Uh, I, I was looking, I, I think it's, I mean, I mean, why you'd want I mean, I understand trying to get out of that ride if you waited for an hour, <laughs> and that's what you got, but. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you want to mention from the, uh, from Hagrid's motorbike adventure? Or, I mean, we have merch. Um, we have the sign. The sign looks cool. I really like the sign. Yeah. It was kind of cool to actually hear a bit of the sign, um, like the, the thought process, the design. Mm-hmm. Um, how the green man inspired was the was jk rowling's inspiration behind hagrid so they being hagrid's ride and they took the green man and tried to um include it everywhere and on top of that the stained glass is a call back to his hut Mm -hmm. because the windows are all stained glass so it was kind of cool to actually see the thought process behind it you know this is i don't know if you know this is our first big real rodeo since they they've they've accepted us into their braces so (laughs) yeah i i have heard (laughs) um that's cool uh, I try to think if there's anything else that we can actually talk about slash things that are not just speculation. Um, that's, and I'm I'm trying to drawing a blank because I I kind of want to keep this all very factual this this version of the discussion of this ride because uh, I don't want it to go wildly right, out of control. Um, <laughs> Lord so, Voldemort shows up. Yeah, yeah. And- there's dragons everywhere. Um, s- spiders everywhere. <laughs> the Forbidden Forest actually um has been cut and put out back into the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, and it's all screens now. They uh they incorporated uh the Simbad show building and re- uh, show area. You, you launch you launched through the Poseidon's Fury vortex tunnel. Yeah, um, there you go. And that's when they actually put. That's when they ask you to put on your three D glasses. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds. I think that's a pretty solid rumor lineup right there. That sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. Woo. Hagrid's man. I can't believe it's actually opening. It's kind of crazy to think about because I feel like for the longest time we had no idea what this was, and then yeah. t- just this March or this February, they're like, "Yep, this is what it is." So I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I think it was March. It was beginning of March, right? It when was. It was March. It yeah. was about March where they finally. I mean. Luckily, we knew it was going to be based on Hagrid, and that we knew it was going to be based on. Actually, no, they never said Hagrid before. They just said store. They just said multi-thrill level, high sensory coaster. Yeah, they just said a family thrill was... coaster, basically. And then yeah. after that, we we're like, I don't know, got us. We had that one kid who jumped up on the forum saying it was going to be a hyper coaster, hmm. going going behind uh, Seuss Landing and everything. Yes. People swearing that it would be a that uh, the Arthur coaster for Mac rides. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, well, now the Mac coaster is coming to Jurassic World. <laughs> well, I think that's because that's going to Jurassic World in uh, in Beijing. Beijing, yeah, yeah. So I think that's where people are getting confused. But yeah, whatever. Um, talking about Jurassic, how is that construction going on? For the un unannounced, just random tearing down of things and moving a bridge in Jurassic Park, how's that looking? Bizarre, bizarre. 
Just well, like, one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, we don't know what's coming officially. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we know that they they said that the the or not they, but the the most popular speculation is a coaster. We just don't know what kind of coaster. We don't know what it's based on, and we have no concept art that shows us exactly what kind of you know um, look they're going for. Mm-hmm. The only thing for sure we know is that the bridge is coming back. Yeah. Uh, so that's starting to come together. Um, mm-hmm. But and it's weird because the waterfront they cleared out everything except one tree. Mm-hmm. There's this one tree that's that stands alone. Um, so I'm I'm kind of interested once they finally get it going on the announcement on that. I'm, I want to ask like, okay, so why did that tree stay behind? Oh, you don't know uh, why? No, no, legitimately. No. So if you go to the UOTM website, they have like an article on horticulture. And I want to actually get this quote so I can show it to you. But um, basically, they're talking about an unannounced attraction they're opening. And the la- the lead person in horticulture, horticulture said this was a rare tree. And they actually – she made them redesign part of the attraction based around the tree. And – Oh, okay. It, I didn't – okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm dead serious. This is not – I'm not bullshitting no, you. I be- no, yeah. I, ex- I believe you. I um, did not know that. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to actually look for this. Uh, um, do 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 do. Disease palms. Look out for each other. Uh, tell team. Actually, this is a really cool article. I should read this sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, the horticulture the horticulture team is pretty cool. Um, in uh, at Universal, like they do some really cool stuff. Oh, they even have something about the uh. Halloween Horror Nights last year with the giant uh, dead uh, um, the, the the church there. Remember that? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They actually, yeah. yeah, they have a segment about that. That's pretty badass. Um, then I will have to give it a look. See, yeah, but I, I didn't know that. No, yeah, they were talking about um, how they actually had. I'm I'm trying to just talk and also <laughs> skim over this um, article, but um, they're talking about how. Um, that they actually found like a bunch of trees that were rare and one of them was there and they kind of kept it. They actually were like, Hey, you can't do this. And they actually did that. So I think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Be a nice little fun fact for when the thing finally opens. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, but, um, I'm trying to find this. Okay. Continue on and I'll keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most bizarre thing though is just how open the area has become. All the trees and buildings from Triceratops Encounter are gone, and you know, you see you see it from like a satellite image. You can see, oh, you know, that's just kind of a small area. Um, but actually, as you're walking down, you know, by you know the the Pizza Predatory and more the the Burger Digs is, you can just see how much how much of an important piece of land that was to actually make Jurassic Park feel so isolated and large, mm-hmm. and and. Now that it's gone, I mean, you can see straight through and, and see Doctor Doom's Fearfall, Skull Island. You can see Dudley. So, hopefully, they do the same thing that they did when Jurassic Park first opened, and plant all those trees back immediately. Because if it's gonna look like how Potter looks right now, that's gonna be a weird couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I think they're imagine that they'll have to definitely start playing those trees again because like they did such a good job with Hagrid, 
that I don't see why they wouldn't try and do that again with Jurassic Park and also probably oh. challenge themselves to like, hey, let's do something also even cooler with this coaster and rock work and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that that actually reminds me one thing about Hagrid, if I can circle back to it. Yeah. Um, it is not all the Forbidden Forest. Okay. Um, the Forbidden Forest actually is not even, quote-unquote, viewable um, from areas of the queue. The Forbidden Forest... Essentially, from what they kind of told us, is only around the show building. Okay. So every, everything else that you see there is the Black Lake slash the ruins. Okay. So that's why it's not as dense of a forest, because it's not supposed to be the Forbidden Forest at that area. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I found that uh, found that quote. Um, this is from... Uh, a conversation with Linda Hall, Vice President of Horticulture at Universal Orlando. Uh, the article says, When a construction project had a beloved, unique palm in its path, Linda Hall made it known it wasn't going anywhere. I told them I would chain myself <laughs> to the tree if it came down to it. <laughs> and so it turns out they redrew the plans. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and well, that's also, awesome, though. And she's been there since 1992. So... It's pretty cool just to see, you know, all that stuff. So they have a bunch of stuff. They have an art. They have a little article on the um, all the uh, impossible foods that they brought to the um, brought to the resort. So all the burgers and all that stuff, and got a bunch of stuff here. This is pretty cool. Legal affairs. Oh boy. See now I'm just going. Now I'm just going through this whole thing. I probably should stop doing this. Uh, uh, the impossible burger. I gotta say, not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really enjoy the impossible burger. Um, I have it, I have had it in Pittsburgh. Uh, I got it from, um, uh, we have a place called Burgatory here. Great name for a burger place, Burgatory. Um, and they do a pretty good version of it. So it's pretty cool. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah. Um, what's up next? Uh, do you want to get into some Galaxy's Edge? Yes. I want to talk about $200 lightsabers. Okay. Also, I just saw this. Uh, Chef Steve J- uh, Stephen Jason has been at the resort for thirty years. This past February, I did hear. I did see that part. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Good for him. Anyways, um, so uh, wait, that means he was there before it even opened. I guess so. Yeah, he was part of the opening crew. Yeah, yeah, wow. he'd be part of opening crew, which is sort of nuts. And talking about nuts, I have I'm seeing something with Earl the Squirrel, which is a fake squirrel they brought around the resort, and they posed him with a little T-shirt, turning off lights, and showing people to use reusable plates and not disposable containers. This is amazing. I think this may be our show title. Also, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm good with it. Okay, so do you, well. Here's the real question: Do you want to talk about? $200 lightsabers or $25,000 R2 droids? <laughs> I honestly did not see much. I was completely out of it today as far as the $25,000 droid. So all I know is there's a $25,000 droid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, I don't know really where to begin with um, all this. So um, I, I guess that's – where do you want to start? The $200 – no, I want to know more about this $25,000 droid. Is this like something they're actually selling or is this sort of like a memento collectible thing that they're kind of selling on the side? So my understanding that um, in the droid depot, you can actually buy the same droid that um, they use for the films and such. 
and you get to customize it. You get to pick the plastics. You can pick the colors. You pick everything. And uh, then what happens is that you, uh, I guess, you send it away. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what a better way to put it. You. You kind of just. You get. You. You put your order in, and I guess it comes later. Um, I don't know of anyone who's bought it, so it's not like I can ever. You know. Yeah. Does say Does it. it actually beep and boop and move, or it's yeah. just a <clears throat> replica model? Um. Yeah. So it. It. it so I want to make sure I get the correct quote so I can give this to you. Okay, so this is what it is. But in Galaxy's Edge, Disney's offering something completely new, a life-size remote control R2 droid of your choosing. What this means, you can, build, you can build your own custom R2 unit. You can choose the colors in the head and make it whatever you want it to be. This is not a toy. This is the same kind of R2 droid you see in the movies or at Comic-Con. The head moves, the droid beeps, the lights all light up. This is as real as it gets. Part of me thinks this is very cool, and another part of me thinks that the fact you are selling a $25,000 droid is absurd. <laughs> yeah, here, here's the thing. They were selling that um, BB-8 model that pretty much was that mm-hmm. for, what, $250? Well, I think that one was the uh, – was that the small Sphero or is that the life-size Sphero? No, no, no. Sphero? That's the life-size Sphero. Well, this, I think that's a little different because the Sphero – is just the head with the body, while the R2 droid does a, it sounds like it does more. It sounds like it actually has like more propulsion system. It has more. Oh plastic. yeah, yeah. It's not, not just a ball, an inflatable ball I'm, with a head. I'm not saying this should be 500 bucks. I'm just saying 25 thousand dollars compared to what we know is the next best thing as far as affordability is a 250 dollar BB-8 thing. It's a huge jump. Yeah. Also, now, if it was ten thousand, I could like, all right. It just feels <laughs> like there's an extra fifteen thousand tacked on there because welcome to Disney. Yeah. Uh, the real question here: Does Disney really expect to sell many of these custom uh, life-size custom R2 droids, or is it a fun gimmick and a chance for kids to interact with R2D2? Maybe the latter. Um, but here's another thing: uh, You might uh, uh, the R2 droid is not the only multi-thousand-dollar credit item for sale in Batu. Oh, at the boy. first at the first order store, you can buy a complete replica of the first order stormtrooper armor set for six thousand six hundred and fifteen dollars. Also uh, offered in the same shop is a repro- as a reproduction of Kylo Ren's mask from the Force Awakens for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Over in the Resistance space, they offer a collectible replica of Poe Dameron's helmet for six hundred and fifty dollars. There you go. Uh, but also, they're not. Uh, they're not exclusive to the land, so this is actually a replica you can buy offline. So it sounds like the same price. Um, and robes are more expensive, but... Okay, okay, so also, this this is interesting. You can buy authentic Jedi, Jedi robes. Jedi robes? God, what am I talking? Jedi robes. Um, a whole set will set you back $200, but unlike a competitor but Universal sure. Studios, The Wizarding World, Harry Potter, park guests won't be allowed to wear such purchases in the parks. You can't wear the Jedi robes in the land. Which I guess is good because, you know, nine months out of the year, it's sweltering hot, so it's probably for the best. But, but, but I don't I'll, know how people... I, I know it's stupid, but... <laughs> but, 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 they, but they wear the Hogwarts robes in Universal, but also the Hogwarts robes aren't part of the costuming for... The team members, on the other hand, so I I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But my my biggest 
worry about this line was always if they try to do too much muchness and and I mean the, the initial reports of the ride so far have been back and forth at first it seemed like it was going to be bad now there's been more positive responses mm-hmm. um, so that's going to be a wait and see until I ride it and the majority of us ride it but it, it's just, I think a lot of the things that they're aiming for is going to get toned back eventually like like Avatar. Avatar has been successful for them, but a lot of the things that were there opening day are no longer there. So, well, they got greedy because they're like, "Oh, we can charge sixty dollars for this. Oh, well, we're not hitting the same, you know, yeah. price that we we're getting. So let's just get rid of the unique a- adoption process for the for these things. Oh, wait, no one wants to buy them anymore. Send them to the, <laughs> the outlet mall. So it just or slap a twenty five percent off sticker on them. Yeah, uh, awkward. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the $200, uh, lightsabers is the other contentious contention point. Um, so how I view the lightsabers is that it's not Ollivanders. Yes, it is based on Ollivanders, but for me, I think the biggest comparison is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique because you have to make reservations, you have to buy it beforehand. And the idea is then you show up and it's like, oh, you already purchased it. And the idea is that you're going to take it home with you. So it sounds way more like a one-on-one experience that you're guaranteed to have as opposed to Ollivander's, which is like, it's a show and one person gets picked and then everyone has the option of buying a wand after it. It just sounds like a different concept. Um, I, I mean, it's inspired by heavily, but yeah, it sounds um, different. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work because Harry Potter. It's that was a major thing of the stories going to Ollivander's, seeing yeah. you know the movies, that whole when he chooses the wand and lights up and wind. That you know, kids that are reading that want to be like, I want to be like that. In Star Wars, there's nothing similar to that. It's just I want to be like either Luke Skywalker or if you're crazy, you know, I want to be like Kylo Ren or <laughs> or Ray. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work because. All anybody cares about is the lightsaber, not the process of the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That that's not part of the story. I mean, yeah, I know that they have certain novels where they discuss about you know, the, the, or even throwaway lines of like, yeah, I construct my own lightsaber, but you never see it. It's just sort of like a, like a passing remark of, yeah, I did this myself. Oh, cool, great. It, my understanding is that it's explained a little bit more in like the TV show. I think that's what David Doubt was telling me was that they had a thing where they actually showed the like scavenging process to make one. So I think that's where they pulled it from. But it's still kind of like, it, yeah, it's still weird because like you're pulling it from the from a TV show and it happened once, and it kind of sounds more of a. A thing where it's like, oh, well, it just happened to this one person, not something that's an actual, like, ritual or habit or this is how it happens. It's just like – does that make sense at all? Like, Yeah, no, I – yeah, it's it's still – I just it, – it's, again, too much – much this and they're going to try to force something that won't work. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's plenty of lightsaber – the other thing is there's plenty of lightsaber options out there too. You have the, the, the light effects versions, which I think are 150. Mm-hmm. That are the movie replicas, then you have just the basic ones that the you know you you throw out and the the plastic cones all shoot out, you know that mm-hmm. are like forty bucks. Why is a parent going to spend two hundred bucks because they bought it from Disney? No, no parent. Parents just going to buy it before they go. 
So I actually asked one of my coworkers this because he's a huge nerd, and I was like, "Okay, I need your opinion on this." <laughs> like, I know you do D and D, and you're a Star Wars fan. So, would you buy? I asked him, "Would you buy a custom lightsaber for two hundred bucks?" And he said, "Yes." And I was like, "Would you buy it looking like this?" And I showed him that video of that one dude who was showing it off, like on Twitter, and he said, mm-hmm. "Not for that quality." And that, yeah, and, that's and, another thing. And then I said. What happens if it's a unique experience where you go one-on-one and you make it yourself and it's totally customizable? And he had to think a little while and he said, I think I would. So it sounds like Disney has to keep that unique aspect to it. Otherwise, they're immediately going to like just sink the whole ship. Like you need to either have that – um, you either need to have that be – uh. Like the, it needs to be special. That's the thing that's selling it. Like if you just make it a walk-in situation, as I as I said before, like with you know with, with the banshees, you're gonna totally lose it, and then just everything's gonna cr- crumble by, underneath you. So I I think that's what's gonna sell it is that it's gonna be a one-on-one experience. But that's see, but again, it goes back to the fact that Star Wars stories never made that event special. Yeah, that and and that's fair. Um, I just think that that is how they could get away with it. Um, well, 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 here's another thing. In Potter, you don't necessarily have to have a wand, but if you buy the wand there versus buy the wand, the target, the target interacting with all the the spots throughout the park. Yeah. What do they do with a lightsaber? Why do I, why do I have to buy a two hundred dollar lightsaber other than little Timmy wants it, or because you buy it at Star Wars Land? What does it add to the experience outside of the whole building one on one? Yeah, I think that's the big problem. Is like also like you buy you buy the lightsaber, and it's kind of like, what next? Like you have the lightsaber, that's cool, but like I really don't think that Universal is going to want people. Oh, Universal Disney. I'm sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> Disney's going to want people running around with this three foot long lightsaber out in the lands. Um, I don't know if they're going to want people to actually use them or, and, and all, and as, as you brought up, like the wands are different because, Hey, you can actually use them to do interactive stuff. Like it, it's not really too much of a secret that Universal Studios Hollywood sold a million dollars worth of wands in a day. <laughs> yeah. Like their like their one on Ollivander's shop that first se- uh, holiday season they were open, sold a bunch of those wands. So it's kind of hard to say. Like I I, I, ju- I guess I just don't know. Maybe maybe, the, maybe this will be huge. Um, I, I, I I just don't uh, know. Well, and, and another thing now too to think about is where Universal sort of welcomes you to be a student on at at the Wizarding World. They want you to dress up in those robes. If Disney's doing that stupid rule with the Jedi robes. You know, kids are going to want to be like, well, I have the lightsaber. I want to dress like a Jedi, too. Or a Sith, if you're, you know, weirdo. Um, <laughs> a Nazi? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this Kylo Ren guy, he's on some things. Yeah. What about all the good things Kylo did? Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it's I, – I, for them going over too much muchness, it's funny that they don't allow the robes. And the robes, I feel, would help with the lightsabers. Oh, you you know, you could dress up as a Jedi and be a Jedi. Here's your lightsaber, 200 bucks. 
Do you know what's also weird? Like, I understand Disney's not going to do it because they stopped doing it overall in the resort. But why can't you get a light? Like, why can't you get a blaster? Like, it kind of blows my mind that that's just, like, not an option at all. And that's such a huge thing in the movies. Like, massive. Absolutely huge. And and it just kind of blows my mind. They're like, oh, we're pretending it doesn't exist. I get the pirate guns because that that actually shot bullets. But we're talking about laser guns. I think certain certain things could be overlooked, um, especially during these times. I know everything's a little bit more PC. Where we were, you know, that everything's examined with a magnifying glass. But I think everybody can look, you know, look away from space guns. But also, like you could make them look like space guns and not like actual gun guns. That that too. And then also, you know, pew, pew, instead of bang, bang is a big difference in how it comes across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was a huge thing I remember. Um, there is one thing that I do think is going to be a huge hit, and it's the droid building station. Not the $25,000 ones, but the cheaper oh, not the droids. fence? Yeah. The, the, yeah. No, not the fence. The the, the cheap droids. The uh, Especially the Bluetooth Arth, uh, uh, Rex droid. I think is actually going to be like the biggest hit of this thing. Because here's the reason why. Um, first of all, it's a Bluetooth speaker. So you can actually like use it. It's not just something you're going to have on your, on your shelf. Like, like even like a Harry Potter wand, you can't use that at home. But yes, like, I can. but well, okay. Well, well, we'll have to have a talk later, Brian, because I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, like you can use a Bluetooth speaker at home. That's cool. And then also, like, the fact that this thing is memeable now. We've seen, like, Rex dance to Gasolina, for crying out loud. Like, I'm just expecting them him to, like, they're going to get, like, five or six of them together and just play the Macarena, and they're all going to do the Macarena together. Like, I can just see them, like, do Old Country Road and shit. Like, I'm just... I get on top of that. Yeah, like, like just you, you just know these videos are going to come out, and they're going to be, like... These really like quick videos on Twitter and everyone's going to retweet them and everyone's going to want one. I think that's going to be the hit. I think that's what it's going to be. That's going to be the big thing. What are your thoughts? <laughs> sorry. I was taking a swig of water. Okay. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> I asked at the wrong time. Um, yeah, it's, it's that, that's probably the best thing as far as the merchandise I've seen. Mm-hmm. That's, um, it seems that that's like the most makes sense thing so far. Um, without overthinking it, just, hey, here's the thing that you can do that's cool. And obviously this world thrives on look at me in social media. All the possibilities they can do. Have at it. Market our stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> Market our shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I just think that one's going to be the big hit. Um, yeah. Strange, but. Well, that's another thing. That's somewhat something that you don't normally do, and everybody wants their own R two unit. So, yeah, that that's good for them. Yeah, good, good, good for them. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, any any other things from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Because I think we're we're about an hour in now, so I'm just kind of thinking about we can wrap it up. If there's anything else you want um, to mention? No, I mean I'm I'm sort of still. And I'm, I'm probably sure it's been talked on on your podcast before, but this is my thoughts now because it's been a while. Yeah, befuddled as to why they're opening up half a land. Okay, and yeah. Do you want to go into it a little bit? Yeah. Why Why are you confused? Well, 
we all know ever since Wizarding World Hogsmeade opened up, everyone's sort of looked to Disney, okay, what you got? Mm-hmm. And Avatar was sort of looked at it as their answer, but it was found out, you know, the Avatar was already kind of planned beforehand. Um, so it wasn't really their straight one-on answer. Star Wars was always the one like, okay, if anything could rival Potter, it's going to be Star Wars. It's going to be this thing. And they have to nail it no matter what. It has to be perfect. No one's going to give them any any sort of breaks because this is the land. If mm-hmm. The only thing that can come maybe rival close that's upcoming is Nintendo. And even then, I still don't think anything's going to touch Star Wars as far as popularity. Mm-hmm. So for them to sort of rush this open just to make just to finally get it open it just i guess it's the wrong word to say rush but it just doesn't it just doesn't sit right because i mean if you look at the dates it's no coincidence that they're opening on holiday dates yeah it, like, or would you open something that doesn't you don't need to open star wars on a holiday date you say star wars opens february 2nd it's still drawing potter light crowds okay yeah so i i, I think I think what they're trying to do is because if it visually at least in Disney's mind I feel like if it at least visually doesn't draw the same crowd as what Potter did that infamous shot overhead of all the line in the city walk I feel like them like Disney would feel like we screwed up even though it probably is just is going to be fine mm-hmm. just the fact that they don't have their own version of that image is why I feel they, they open it up on those weekends but two if Millennium Falcon sucks, which we hear, or at least doesn't live up to, or doesn't live up to par, and what we've heard from everybody is that's the weaker of the two rides. I mean, people are going to be disappointed. You don't want the first response to be like, "Yeah, Millennium Falcon was fine. Like it was cool to be in the cockpit with the ride." Yeah. Yeah. True. Fair. <clears throat> if if Rise of the Resistance was your darling, you needed to wait for Rise of the Resistance to be open. That's like opening up Harry Potter without Forbidden Journey. Okay. You just have Hippogriff and, and Dragon Challenge yep. then. Yeah, and no one would like, wow, this this land blows. Like, it looks cool. I was in Hogsmeade, but man, it's just a repurposed dragon, or dueling dragons and flying unicorn. Why did I wait all this time for this? I will, everybody, all, like, everybody was happy that Hogsmeade was being built, but all everybody cared about was Forbidden Journey and what it brought to the table. And if they kept hyping Rise of the Resistance as the next big, big thing in theme parks, you need to open it with the land, with your darling land. Mm-hmm. You only get one shot, and you might as well take yep. your time doing it, not rush it all out just so you can get it done with. Correct. If it takes an extra three months, then so be it. Oh, well, you didn't make your, your target May 2019 date? At least the the positive press will will come when you finally do open it all together. Because I guarantee the negative press of you opening late is is going to be outweighed by the negative press of this land is not that great. Okay. Yeah. I said that right, right? Yeah, I yeah. said that right. Okay. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're good. All right then, Brian. Where can everyone find you online at? What do you do? Where can we where can we find all your awesome opinions, such as twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money? <laughs> you can find me at Inside Universal. Uh, we have several channels. You can find myself personally at on Twitter at 
Brian IU, and of course our Inside Universal Twitter handle at Inside Universal, which is the same handle for our Facebook and Instagram as well. You can find us at InsideUniversal.net. Nice. There you go. <sighs> any uh, anything you want to pimp right now? Any any projects coming up, or any shows or articles or anything coming? Well, we do know the certain theme park uh, turns twenty next week, so keep an eye out for that. Cool. Awesome. I'm excited for that. Uh, you can find all of us at Parkscope. You can find me at Parkscope Joe. Go do the things that you do when you like things, like review and subscribe. Hit, smash that smash that like button. Hit hit that bell. Wait, Set wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. 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 Say that again. I Smash that smash. button. Smash that like button. Hit that bell. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Amazing. Yay. And as always, love everybody, hate everything, Kungaloosh. And blame Andy.